theextraordinarychurch.ca podcast, where ordinary people experience extraordinary life in Jesus Christ. You are about to hear a message that will encourage you to become and experience all that Jesus Christ has for you. Are you ready? Open up your Bibles because something extraordinary is about to happen. to be silent. Praise God. Praise God. Thankful for a God who is alive and well and wants to meet you right where you are. I want you to hear me. God has got your number today. Praise God. He knows exactly where you and I are. Praise God. And you can take hope and encouragement in that. He knows right where you are. Praise God. And he's got us. And I want you to know that he didn't die and raise himself from the dead so that we would walk in defeat. He died that we might be victorious in him. Praise God. And I'm so glad that you're here. I do believe with all of my heart that today I have a specific word for those who are here in this house at this time. And for those who choose to be watching online, we greet you as well. My name is Akil Thompson, and I'm privileged to be the senior pastor here at Extraordinary Church. Uh, it's already been said, so I won't repeat what's already been said, but I will declare that we are the fastest growing church in Canada. Praise God. I believe that by faith. Keep inviting people. Let's keep loving, serving, and reaching people. And immediately after this worship experience, there will be a pastor's meeting. It's a wonderful time where Sarah and I and our pastoral staff would love to sit down and connect with you, get to know you better. And so it would take about 5, 10 minutes, more like 10 to 12 minutes afterwards. But it would be a great time to connect and share with you the next steps that the Lord Jesus Christ, we believe, has for you, has for you at this place. Let's open up our Bibles to 1 Samuel chapter 17. I also appreciate the kindness shown toward our family for pastor appreciation. We appreciate that greatly. 1 Samuel chapter 17, and uh, I do want to say that uh, I preached an entirely different message today at 1 o'clock because I was instructed by the Lord to do so. Uh, So in the event, uh, we did record the audio, uh, and we will publish that to our podcast if you'd like to listen to that later. Uh, So, uh, but I felt led to do that. I could not get a release otherwise. And, uh, but you know, when I tell you when I preach, I have to feel a little heat on it, Sue. Praise God. I got to feel a little heat on it. And so I felt a lot of heat on preaching two different sermons. Praise God. So I'm thankful uh, for that. But I believe that what the Lord has for us today and during this time will be an encouragement to us as well. First Samuel 17, 40 through 51. Then he took his staff in his hand. And he chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook and then put them uh, then and put them in a shepherd's bag, excuse me, in a pouch which he had and his sling was in his hand and he drew near to the Philistine. Sometimes you have to advance. Praise God. You just can't let the enemy push you back into a corner. You need to know that you are victorious and you can advance praise God. So he drew near to the Philistine. So the Philistine came and began drawing near to David. I like people who take first steps. Praise God. 
And the man who bore the shield went before him. And went. Uh, and when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him. For he was only a youth, ruddy and good looking. Oh, what I'd like to be ruddy and good looking. Praise God. So the Philistine, praise God, Pastor Barry, like you need that. He's a, help Sister Sarah out. Praise God. So the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. Then David said to the Philistine, <laughs> You want to talk about me coming with a stick? You come to me with a sword, with a spear, and with a javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, and that all the earth may know there is a God in Israel. Then all this assembly, you know, I was praying yesterday, God, let them know that you are God in Mississauga and the greater Toronto area. Then all this assembly shall know the Lord does not save with sword and spear. Hope y'all catch that. For the battle is the Lord's and he will give you into our hands. So it was when the Philistine arose and came and drew near to meet David, that David hurried. Did you notice that? <laughs> David hurried and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. Praise God. Then David put his hand in his bag, took out a stone, and he slung it and struck the Philistine in his forehead so that the stone sank into his forehead and he fell on his face to the earth. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone and struck the Philistine and killed him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. Therefore David ran and stood over the Philistine, took his sword and drew it out of his sheath and killed him and cut off his head with it. By the help of the Holy Ghost, I want to preach this thought. You're closer than you think. You are closer than you think. Would you lift your hands to heaven and help me pray? Father, I'm so grateful for your grace and your mercy. I'm thankful for what we feel in this place today because we are victorious because of you, God. We will not be afraid, God. We will not run when the giants appear in our lives, God. But help us to understand that we are closer than we think. Anoint me to preach and teach your word with relevancy and with accuracy. Do whatever you want to do in this house and we'll give you thanks and praise in Jesus' name. Would you clap your hands unto the Lord? Look at your neighbor if you have one and tell them you're closer than you think. And you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. You know, I, I know I told y'all y'all could go. Praise God. Just can you stay? Praise God. I'm sorry. Alex, I owe you a good meal. Praise the Lord. Praise God. You know what? In all of David's young life, he has never in this text that I'm reading to you today stood in a more dangerous place. He stood in a place, thank you for that amen, that's right. He stood in a place filled with destiny. He stood in a place where so much hung in the balances. He stood in a place where he faced a bigger and a fiercer enemy. I just want you to think about this for a moment, but Elvis, I really believe with all of my heart that we are standing in a place of destiny. 
we are standing in a place where you may not realize it, but Ashley, I believe you do. I think you understand the gravity of it, but the crux of what's weighing in the balance is huge. We also, though, we face an enemy. We face an enemy, and Goliath just wasn't any enemy. He was a giant of a man. He was almost superhuman, if you will. And a Goliath in some situation or circumstance, I'm talking about those things that can loom large. You might remember in one message I preached talking about umbrellas. I, uh, Goliath was a, a man who was nine and a half feet tall. He was a giant of a problem, so big, so overwhelming, it intimidated the very existence of Israel. As a matter of fact, as you read it and study it, the Bible says on two different occasions that they weren't just afraid, but they were greatly afraid. And oftentimes when we have to deal with the enemy, we would sometimes rather just turn on the lights or kind of hide ourselves under our pillows or our covers, if you will. But God is raising up a David. God is raising up a David. I'm not beating all of Israel up, but here's what I do know. When Goliath showed up for 40 days straight, he did nothing but taunt them, taunt the ever-living life out of them, where all of Israel did nothing but stand still. But David, when he showed up, said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? And what's going to happen to him when we slay him? Can I tell you, you need to know that God is with you, God is for you, and God has your back and he has us in this season for such a time as this he did not put us here to fear this day he put us here to shape this day I need you to know God has you here with everything that's weighing in the balance waiting on you to take action praise God now is not the time for the church to back up. Now is not the time for us to put our hands in our pocket and say, oh, I wonder what so-and-so is going to do. I'm waiting for Pastor Barry to take the lead, or I'm waiting for Sue to take the lead, or I'm waiting for Marcus to take the lead. Now is the time to say, uh-uh, I know I'm in covenant. I've been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. I know I've been filled with his spirit. I understand that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I will get my stone, I will get my swing, and I will advance. I will come after depression. I will come after heartache. I will come after confusion. I will come after my wayward time. I will come. If you feel that way, give him praise. As a matter of fact, if you're tired of just sitting down, why don't you literally stand up and give God a praise and a worship and say, I will not be silent. I will not stand still. I'm going to advance. Praise God. See, he was feared by all men. But bro, bro, you got to understand this. There has never been, baby girl, more at stake than what's happening right now at that particular moment. Never more at stake. The direction, the destiny, the purpose of Israel was hanging in the balance. Ooh, I feel the Holy Ghost. The gravity of what I'm putting into your hearts today by the help of God. I need you to get what is at stake in this particular season. There is season. There is much at stake. As a matter of fact, there's never been more at stake. Depending upon the outcome of this fight, Israel will either depart as victors or as servants. 
There's no doubt about it. Things look very dim. There's plenty at stake. They would have been foolish not to be extremely concerned and perhaps even justified in their fear. fear, uh, fear. Uh, but Israel's chances, while they did not look good, and all of the observations are true, there is one more truth that is often looked in times of trouble. There's one more truth that we often overlook in times of trouble. Neither David nor Israel had ever stood so close to victory. They were literally, Pastor Barry, a stone's throw away from the greatest victory of David's life and for the people of God. Praise God. I'm here to tell you, you are closer than you think. What you see as a problem and what you see as a great obstacle to overcome is the only thing standing between you and your victory. Oh, God, I wish somebody would hear me today. I'm telling you, you're a stone's throw away. Matter of fact, my hope is that you'll no longer just stand still. You'll advance. You'll draw near to the enemy and tell the enemy what's going to happen to him this day. Because this day, I believe God is going to give you victory. This day, I believe God is going to give you your joy. This day, you're going to get your healing. This day, you're going to get your peace. This day you'll get your marriage back. This day you'll get your hope back. This is the day that you can be free from that addiction. Don't give up. Don't quit. Just because you made a mistake last night, go ahead and endure hardness like a good soldier. Wipe the tears from your eyes. Put one foot in front of the other. You're closer than you think. Somebody give him praise if you believe that. Praise God, I believe David is raising up a generation of Davids in this crowd. You all know I'm passionate about Abraham Lincoln. Thus, we named our son after him, uh, and as I've been inspired by his life. And one of the things that uh, I thought I had, I've been looking all over for this. I thought, is my mind playing tricks on me? I have some Lincoln artwork that I could not find that we just, it's probably in the basement, tucked away in, I don't know what room that's called, but uh, it's not a cold room, but it's just a lot of stuff in there, praise God. And I didn't want to look, look for it there, but I was like, where is this artwork? Uh, but I was able to find it on the internet, and I just want to share a little bit with you because it captures all of his steps to the presidency. And I want you to, I want, I want, I wanted to share them with you really quickly here because this is probably one of the greatest examples of persistence in the life of Abraham Lincoln. He was born into poverty. Lincoln was, uh, he faced defeat throughout his life. He lost eight elections. Are you hearing me? Twelve, uh, twice failed in business and suffered a nervous breakdown. He could have quit many times, but he didn't. And because he didn't quit, he became one of the greatest presidents in the United States of America. Lincoln was a champion, and he never gave up. And here is a sketch of Lincoln's road to the White House. 1816, his family was forced out of their home. He had to work to support them. 1818, his mother died. 1831, he failed in business. 1832, ran for state legislature, and he lost. 1832, uh, also lost his job, wanted to go to law school, but couldn't get in. 1833, he borrowed some money from a friend to begin a business, and by the end of the year, he was bankrupt. He spent the next 17 years of his life paying off this debt. 
1834, he ran for state legislature again. He won. 1835, was engaged to be married. His sweetheart died, and he was heartbroken. 1836, had a total nervous breakdown and was in bed for six months. 1838, sought to become the speaker of the state legislature, and he lost. 1840, sought to become elector, and he was defeated. 1843, he ran for Congress, and he lost. 1846, ran for Congress again. This time he won, went to Washington, and did a good job. 1848, he ran for re-election to Congress, and he lost. 1849, sought the job of land officer in his home state, rejected, denied, lost. 1854, ran for the Senate of the United States. He lost. 1856, sought the VP nomination at his party's national convention and got less than 100 votes. 1858, he ran for U.S. Senate again, and he lost. 1860, elected president of the United States of America. I'm trying to tell you now is not the time to give up because things are not going your way. As a matter of fact, as I was listing this, I begin to thank God there are some people that are going through trials that they feel like it's been a lifetime. Can I tell you now is not the time to throw in the towel because you are closer than you think. You are closer to your breakthrough than you think. You are closer to your miracle than you think. You are closer to fulfilling your destiny than you think. As a matter of fact, the failures and the setups are setbacks or just setups. They're going to position you to get what God has for you. It's preparing you for your destiny. You need to understand if it had not been for those losses, he wouldn't be the president of the United States. I'm telling you, if it had not been for what you're going through, you would know that God could deliver. You would know that God can heal. You would know that God can provide. And when you know that you know that you know, you'll be able to square your shoulders, stand back, and declare, if God be for me, the whole world can be against me, but I will win. I will win. Many of life's failures are people who did not realize how close they were to success when they gave up. See, what you think is impossible, seemingly impossible circumstances can cause you to be concerned, fearful, distraught. Those circumstances can look bleak and hopeless. In the face of insurmountable odds, the best of us can feel helpless like running away and giving up. 2020 has not been an easy year for anybody. Is there anybody that would stand up and say 2020 has been the best year of your life? I didn't think so. Sickness is running rampant. Financial hardship people are dealing with. Failed relationships. Death of a loved one. I should say loved ones in my case. My grandmother passed earlier this year, and we were not able to go and be with the family during that time. And then we just lost a kid who was like family to us. I say a kid respectfully because I raised him up in our youth group and God did wonderful things in his life, but he lost his life at the age of 35 in a head-on collision with somebody else who was being reckless and ran into his lane, took his life and left a wife of 34 years. The woman is 34 years old and she's a widow with a three-year-old child. 
I looked yesterday and I talked to the pastor uh, the day before and we were, he was talking about ways that we can honor my friend Sean's life and I was sharing with him all the stories and the wonderful things that God had done in those memories and I told my wife, you know what, I was rejoicing, I was giving God praise, but you know what, it was tough. When I saw him laying there in that casket, I lost it. I'm not going to front. <laughs> I wanted to start screaming. You know what? I thought to myself, God, how can this be? But then I thought to myself, God, in your grace and in your mercy, you knew full well that what he would be facing. Thank God you saved Sean. Thank God you filled him with his, your spirit. Thank you, Jesus, that he was baptized in your name. This has been one of the most difficult years for all of us. And the enemy would like for us only to focus on our giants. And then as I begin to weep, you know what God told me? Lift my head and lift my hands. I begin to worship God. And I begin to declare, I have seen the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I'm thankful, God, of what you're doing in my life. I'm thankful what you're doing in my family's life. And I'm here to declare, no matter what 2020 has thrown your way, you are not giving up. You are not backing down because you are closer than you think. When the enemy's pressing in, you're closer than you think. When the situation seems the worst, you're closer than you think. When it feels like everything is against you, you're closer than you think. When those times are hard and difficult, you're closer than you think. As a matter of fact, you're closest to the victory of your life. David was a stone's throw away from the greatest victory. And I want you to know, you're a stone's throw away from your victory. And if you believe that, give God a victorious praise. Hallelujah. Praise God. A victory that would defeat Israel's number one enemy. A victory that would set free all of Israel. A victory that would catapult David to a place of honor and power. A victory that would never have been if David had focused on the impossible and the insurmountable. But Romans 8.31 says, if God be for us, who can be against us? Praise God. Let me give you my, my paraphrase. If God is for me, it makes me no difference who or what is against me. I win. I want you to know it makes no difference what you're facing. Some of you all have lost your fight. Praise God. And God wants you to get your fight back. Some of you all have thrown in the towel and you just resigned to, well, this is how it's going to be. No, no, no. This is not how it's going to be. I'm telling you right now, you're going to experience extraordinary. But hear me right now. You can't allow the enemy to do you like it did Israel. And you just sit back and, and wait. No, no, no. God is trying to put in you the spirit of David. Why? Because he wants you to know that he is with you and he is for you. It's not in your own abilities. It's not in your own understanding. It's not in who you know. It's all in the fact that you are in covenant with Jesus Christ. And like David said, you can say, hey, you might be coming to me with a sword and a spear, but I'm not coming to you with any of those things. I'm coming to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, who is the God of the armies of Israel. I'm coming to you in Jesus' name. 
You have a name that's above every name, a name that can defeat any devil, a name that can defeat any foe, a name that can overcome any obstacle in your life. You better open up your mouth and call on the name of Jesus. Come on and do that now. Call on the name of Jesus. Bless the name of Jesus. Worship the name of Jesus. Exalt the name of Jesus. Why? Because you're closer than you think. Hallelujah. Oh, God. You're closer than you think. You're closer than you think. I'm not going to cite all these passages because we'll be here all day. But when Elijah's servant came in running and screaming, Prophet, prophet, we're surrounded. You can look it up and think it's 2 Kings chapter 6. He says, prophet, we're surrounded. What are we going to do? And you know what? He was like, come here, son. There's more that are here and for us than there are that are against us. He said, what? I don't understand. Yeah, I know. You can't see it yet. Let me pray for you. (laughs) And as he began to pray for his servant, his servant opened up his eyes again, and he saw that the entire mountain was surrounded by angels and flames of fire. I'm telling you right now, you might be back, your back might be up against the wall, but don't give up and don't give in. You're closer than you think. The 124th Psalm, this became David's mantra. If it, not, if it had not been for the Lord who was on my side. I'm telling you right now, you're going to make it. You're not going to give up. You're going to get your fight back. My God, I'm in the Holy Ghost trying to encourage someone today. I'm trying to pull you out of the depths of you. You don't even want to fight anymore, but God is trying to resurrect your fight. He's trying to resurrect that you will win. He's trying to resurrect an attitude and a confidence that says you can overcome. You will leave today feeling victorious and not just feeling victorious, but understanding you are victorious in him. See, here's what we miss. Eric, the truth is, you know why we don't walk around in victory? It's right here. (laughs) I'm not talking about being positive. Now, don't get me wrong. I like positive people. I like faith-filled people. But I'm not talking about positive thinking. Let me help you out. See, there's a difference between hope and biblical hope. Hope is like, oh, man, you know what? Uh, I don't know what the lottery is. I don't play it. But what's the lottery today? Don't act like y'all don't know. Because I know there's somebody in here that Okay, somebody said a lot. Praise God. I don't know. A lot is. Well, let's, let's just, it's a lot. And somebody, you, you might have played the lotto before, praise God. If everybody here just looking at somebody at least watching online, you probably play, you played the lotto before. And you hope you'll win. You hope you'll win. Like, man, I hope it works out. I know the odds, whatever they are, not necessarily my favor. I hope I win. Biblical hope is not that. Biblical hope is a confidence It's having an expected end. Did you hear that? An expected end. So in this fight, you need to know you win. 
And if you understand you win, then your engagement is entirely different. Your attitude is entirely different. You win because of the work that Jesus Christ did for you and I at Calvary. You need to get your thinking in alignment with the true Word of God, not with your circumstances, not with the diagnosis from the doctor, not with what your mommy and daddy said about you, not with what your past has said about you, but what God says about you. When you get your Word, your mind in alignment with His Word, I'm here to tell you there's no devil in hell that can stop you. God wants to use you to turn this world upside down. He did not get it wrong. He picked you. Get it through your thick head. God wants to use you. Now is the time. This is the day. This is the hour. You're closer than you think. Your victory is closer than you think. You know what? Abraham Lincoln, think about this for a moment. When he lost in 1832, or 1834, or 1844, or 1846, there were like a dozen losses. Do you know where people of color would be in the United States of America? If he would have said, you know what? I can't take another defeat. I'm done. But instead, he said, I won't let defeat define me. I won't let failure define me. There's somebody in this house today that's closer than they think. Yeah. Are there people that feel like running? Yeah. Imagine the three Hebrew boys. Oh my God. Hey, you know what? When the world starts playing their music, everybody's gotta bow. Oh, no, we're not gonna do that. That sounds good. Oh, okay, y'all meant it. Y'all meant it. Okay, let's see how much you mean it now. Turn the fire up, turn the heat up. It's interesting at that point. Anybody wanna rethink their decision? No, no, we're good. Anybody come to the conclusion that this might be the end of us? Absolutely. Guess what? You're closer than you think. Their miracle was right there. The man looked. He said, I'm astonished. It looks, is there a fourth person in there? It looks like the Son of God. I'm telling you, you're closer than you think. You know what, Daniel, what can we say of Daniel in the lion's den? You know what, could we say, Daniel, this will be your doom and destruction. Yes, we could. Or, you know what, Daniel, you're closer than you think to your miracle. How about the children of Israel? A mountain on either side, Pharaoh's army closing in behind, and the Red Sea in front. Guess what? You're closer than you think. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Join us next week for another message of hope and life in Jesus. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll pass along our web address to all of your friends, extraordinarychurch.ca. We are a young church plant with a lot of people living an extraordinary life in Jesus. If you're looking for a way to become better connected to what God is doing, email us, info at extraordinarychurch.ca. We'd love to hear from you.